1: You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. On this episode, Jacqueline Toberoff is with us right now. She is politically activated. She's an author. She ran for New York City Council. She's got a book coming out on being a super mom. She also writes for Human Events and like me she's a fellow New Yorker although I'm a former fellow New Yorker. Jackie, great to have you in the show first time.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
1: So you were actually down there earlier this week at the Trump indictment arraignment situation. Just just tell everybody, you know, what's that like? What what was the vibe? What was the feel?
0: The vibe was amazing. So Gavin Wax and the New York Young Republicans put it together. This was their second one. The first was in March on the twenty-first, I think, um, when first when news first broke. Today was the second one. They had Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene as one of the speakers, and it was they invited members to their club, so it was basically all locals. Uh, no one was bust in. Uh, to riot, to arson, to loot, to assault. It was very orderly with a couple of exceptions. It turns out after going onto Twitter that New York City council person shea uh, Say was handing out whistles so that agitators could basically blow out eardrums of people there protesting Alvin Bragg. But it was very civil, orderly. Um, everyone was cheering for Marjorie Taylor Greene. And again, this is in New York City. This is in Manhattan. And there was genuine support.
1: What do you think it means now that it's official? I mean, Trump is indicted. The indictment is out. This is really happening. Just start first with, I mean, as a New Yorker, it must be very weird. I mean, this is how I feel as a uh, you know 30-some-odd-year New Yorker. Um feels weird that this this native son of New York, of Queens, no less, became president and now he's being pulled back to his hometown to face the most absurd charges I've really ever seen in any criminal proceeding.
0: Yeah, I think the people that were at this protest today, there were plenty of them that were in support of Trump. And then there were just plenty of them that didn't see how indicting him and arresting him would make their lives worse any better. Um, You know, I'm a mom of two. I don't know how this improves education. I don't know how this improves crime. I don't know how this improves the illegal crisis, the drug uh, crisis, the homeless encampments. So there were plenty of people there that might not have necessarily been Trump supporters, but they were certainly not in support of what Alvin Bragg is doing.
1: Where do you think it goes? I mean, I'm I'm just wondering, (laughs) you know, there's there's now the possibility the judge will throw the whole thing out. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of motions. I would bet that it will not be thrown out. Um, my my assumption is that they're going to let this play out and go to a jury. The part of this that I have not gotten a single good explanation for yet is what do they want? Meaning if they were to get, you know, usually you'd have a plea, this is a It's a a misdemeanor campaign finance charge, right? That they've elevated to a felony based upon a non-indicted federal crime that has nothing to do with the local local state uh, statute at issue about, you know, falsifying records or whatever. Um, Are they going to try to send him to jail? Because, I mean, what really is this going to turn into? A $100,000 fine for Trump is like buying a soda for the rest of us. Like, what do they think this is going to do? We know the politics of it, but legally it just feels like the whole thing is just crazy.
0: I mean, look. I think it's so clear that these people just hate this country. And I saw that Lee Zeldin put out a tweet, and he said um, that they are hurting America. I, I, that's the point—that they're hurting America. They don't like America. This is this isn't a big deal to them. Um, I. I'm unsure whether they took his photo for a mugshot, but then there was news that they weren't going to. They they want him disappeared. It feels like they want him in Siberia. Um, they don't want even though this is happening in Manhattan and there naturally is so much attention on it. It's almost like they just want to they just want to disappear him. It's it's really just perverted and sick and I mean 34 counts what are these 34 counts I mean you've been you, you're from New York City you know what's going on here I mean rapists and murderers are roaming free oh, 34 well, counts. I, I want to
1: ask you next about how the city how the city is doing or you know, we're going to get into how <laughs> Eric Adams is doing the latest just feel uh, of walking around on yeah. the streets there and, and you know how, how we're, we're going to get to to all that but but just on the on this Trump issue I mean do you get the sense right now. Um, I mean, you were there, I know, with a bunch of uh, young Republicans club members in, in New York City. Is it just Trump for you or Trump for you already? Like, it's, you don't even want to see the primary play out. Have you already decided in your mind or do you want to see?
0: I was voting for, I mean, I voted for Trump before. I am 100% voting for Trump again. I, unlike some of the other people, I have no issue with DeSantis. I just don't know. We have Trump. Things were great under Trump. I just don't understand why we would go towards DeSantis. So, I'm already committed to who I'm voting for. Um, I think, really surprisingly, that the the Democrats are counting on these suburban moms to reject donald trump i think what's going to happen is the urban moms are going to reject the democrats i just i see such a repulsion here from moms um again about this the left's attack on women the crime the school i just i i really think we're going to be surprised by new york city and specifically by the moms
1: we're going to come back to that in just a second but first (laughs) do you by the way do you have any my pillow gear at home like do you have the slippers do you have anything there we go i I knew i knew that jackie was gonna say yes because it's amazing stuff i've actually got here i've got them on right now i'm getting over a cold but i've got my my slippers right here which are amazing by the way i absolutely love them and i got the my pillows on the bed at home too mike lindell and his team at my pillow have now the 2.0 version of the product that started it all for them nearly 20 years ago my pillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, which Jackie loves, I love, millions of people love them, but now the brand-new exclusive fabric that is made with temperature-regulating thread. MyPillow 2.0 comes at a great deal right now. Buy one, get one free for a limited time when you use promo code BUCK. MyPillow 2.0 is made with temperature-regulating technology, 100% made in the USA. The pillow comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square, get this buy one, get one free offer on the MyPillow 2.0. Enter promo code Buck, that's promo code B-U-C-K at MyPillow.com to get the MyPillow 2.0. By the way, it is fantastic, Jackie. So if you don't have a 2.0, got to upgrade you from the 1.0 to the (laughs) 2.0 pillow. You're going to love it. So, all right. I left New York. Everyone listening to this knows that. I now live in Florida. There are a lot of reasons why. People could go back to the many, many shows I've done talking about this. Um, But I still love New York. And I'm still rooting for New York. And I haven't ruled out that one day i would at least spend part of if not you know permanently um my my life back up there how is it going under mayor eric adams like honestly not just I, you know under de blasio the answer was he's awful top to bottom he does nothing right he's an imbecile okay that was de blasio what's the honest assessment of mayor eric adams in new york city right now like t- walk me the through. honest
0: assessment the yeah. honest assessment is Eric Adams is 100 times worse than de Blasio. He was pitched as a moderate. This guy, let me tell you something. From the very beginning, he ran his campaign on race and from the basement. No one pushed back on anything. Uh, He barely made it through his primary, and he has been an unmitigated disaster. So I have some numbers here. Within the past two years, crime across the seven majors is up 45.40%. Okay. Rape. Rape is up 6.5% and grand larceny auto is up almost 100%, 93.5%. It's a disaster. Arrests are down. Uh, 52% of all of the uh, arrests have been downgraded. All of the crimes are downgraded. Um, We are emptying prisons. We have, as I said before, a homeless crisis. Um, We have illegal weed shops sprouting up on every other block. It's like Starbucks. They're ubiquitous. Uh, What else? I mean, we have out migration. We have a wrecking ball to the educational complex. It's a disaster. It's really a disaster. I mean, the highlight was the rally this morning. It was a disaster.
1: So I don't understand this part of the equation, right? You're still in New York. It's 80 20 Democrat to Republican in New York City. And in, that's across the whole city. In Manhattan, I think it's more like 90 10, right? It's New, Manhattan has become an enclave of commie nonsense, sadly. It's where I was born and raised, you too. And uh, I'm wondering, what do the people who voted, what do the Democrats who voted for Adams say to you? Or like, what is the conversation like with them? Do they think he's doing a good job?
0: Well, firstly, voter turnout, as you know, was abysmal. It was very low. So this is what you get with very low voter turnout. Again, he was pitched by the media as a moderate. So people maybe shrugged it off and thought, look, this guy worked with the NYPD. Uh, Finally, we're going to have someone who's tough on crime. Don't forget, we had some wackos running against him. I mean, we had Maya Wiley. Uh, We had someone who was head of the sanitation. Uh, This was on the heels of garbage piles up to the sky. It was a disaster. So we have Adams and I think that people are in two camps. There are the people that are deluded and they think everything is great and they live in their doorman buildings on the Upper West Side. And then there are the people that are really galvanizing. And again, I hate to go back to this, but it really is, it's the moms, you know? Uh, Things get real in the field once you have kids. And really, there's a common denominator. Everyone wants a good school and everyone wants to feel safe. And we have neither of those two things under Adams. Everything is worse. The priority is always criminals over constituents.
1: What is he focused on? I mean, it's just amazing to me because... You know, New York, it's when and this is true because, you know, I do a radio show and we're on we're on basically 500 stations that are on base really all over the country. Right. But we always say that New York was the place that the whole country looked to for the Giuliani crime miracle turnaround situation that then was replicated in terms of the policing and the strategy in a lot of other places across the country. Right. So because it worked in America's biggest city in the 90s going from over 2,000 murders in 1990 to 300 murders by the early 2000s, something like that, maybe, maybe uh, you know, the low 400s. Um, because of that, people understand that New York is this symbol, right, for what could be possible. And Adams was the one thing that, I mean, I was still living in the city at the time. I, I remember the one thing that everybody was saying, other than, you know, COVID and triple mask and be lunatics, uh, was this guy needs to clean up the city in terms of crime. Also, in terms of, like, sanitation on the streets, by the way, the city was getting dirtier. It really was that, you know, they'd cut the sanitation budget, as you know. And it fe- it seems to me like all he has to do is look at what has worked in the past and have a, a maniacal focus as mayor on that, on bringing down these numbers. And he'd be not just a good mayor, a national hero, and, and a likely Democrat presidential contender in the future. It's so obvious what... Is he unwilling to do it or is he not capable of doing it because of the realities of the Democrat party around him today or whatever?
0: I don't think that's it. I really don't think the Democrat party uh, believes at this point that cleaning up the city, which includes literally cleaning it up as well as making it safer, is uh a value that they, sh- that they share with the rest of us. I just, I think that that's the real disconnect. Um, I don't think he would be accepted in those circles if he cleaned up the city at all. I think he'd probably lose his, his value to the Democrat party. I mean, right here in city council, we just had um, a group, I forgot how many they are a number, but they're part of now the progressive caucus. They were literally kicking out Democrats from city council that did not agree to completely abolish the NYPD. So, I mean, to your point, I don't know if cleaning up the city would secure him any higher office within the Democrat Party at all.
1: Well, to do it, you'd have to lock more people up. Um, you'd have to reincarcerate instead of de-incarcerate which has been the the mantra of so many Democrat-controlled cities for, for a long time now. And I think that the activist and donor class of the Democrats, whether in New York or in any major uh, left-wing enclave across the country, they're just unwilling for that to happen right now. Uh, maybe at, at some level, it's there's a stubbornness. They don't want to admit that they were wrong through the policy change, right? But also, I, I mean, to your point about the people who live on the Upper West Side in the doorman buildings and I know plenty of them, and so do you. Uh, I think that they would rather people in poorer neighborhoods live in less safety, greater jeopardy of suffering from crime, including violent crime, as long as they themselves, meaning the rich people, get to feel good about themselves and are uh, are getting the virtue signaling points in their peer group. That, that matters 100%. more to them, and that's the calculation they make.
0: A hundred
1: percent. I mean, that's what it is.
0: I mean, look, a Siena poll just came out. Eighty percent of New York City residents say crime is a serious issue. Eighty percent. So going back, New York City is eight to one Democrat to Republican. And 80 percent are saying crime is a serious issue.
1: Yeah, it it seems like this should be the most obvious, the most obvious pathway forward uh, laid out for a mayor for an administration you could ever find. Um, but also, you know, recently in the city, what was it just, uh, over the weekend, um, there was that, and I know that garage, I've actually spent a lot of time in that area, you know, near in between Hudson yards and actually where my old, uh, studio used to be. And so I, I've just, I've been around there a lot. I know I, I haven't, you know, not like super familiar with the garage, but I know it by sight. And that guy who confronted somebody who was I mean, clearly a, a career criminal with, I think over 20 arrests already. 20 arrests. I mean, you think by arrest number five, you might start to question some of your life choices, but 20 arrests, um, and the guy pulls out a gun, shoots him. It's amazing the guy, uh, Musa, I believe was his name, the employee, uh, he, he turned the gun on the individual, shot him after being shot, so he shot the criminal. It's remarkable he's not dead, and he spent the weekend chained to his bed at Bellevue under attempted murder charges because... Alvin Bragg is a pro criminal psychopath I, I don't know how else to put it like what I know he dropped the charges, and we're all supposed to think that's fine. What kind of maniac charges the i mean the, the, the fact pattern was very clear. <laughs> an employee of the place he didn't bring the gut in there. he wasn't trying to steal anything like it just w- how do you live with that? How do you deal with that
0: uh, jokes on musa. He thought that you know defending himself was some sort of uh right it's not here in new york city it really again it's it's just pro criminal every single policy favors that of a criminal over law-abiding uh residents it's it's really it's terrifying quite frankly it's but, really terrifying the, you
1: don't you you, you yeah. go to uh, you see it's interesting because you're actually a lot of people talk about like oh what can i do you run for city council in new york you're involved in politics in new york so just to be clear to everybody you're not you know you're not a mom who's saying maybe somebody else is going to pick up the torch no. and try to do something. You're you're actually trying to charge up that hill in this nest of very wealthy commies uh, in New York City. Like You're actually trying to charge up that hill. Um, I want to come back to that, actually, and ask you a little bit about the internal political dynamics and and running for city council. And I'll tell you maybe if, if I remember to do this, a funny story about the uh, Austin City Council from when I visited there that you might find worthwhile. But we'll come back to that in a second because I want everyone to know you got to prepare now for what's coming financially. The recent bank failures, the nation's largest since 2008, the financial collapse. So if you've been on the fence about buying gold and silver, now is the time to make the call. Gold and silver can be a protection for your portfolio, but can also be used as currency. I think we may need both of those at some point. You might not have a little gold at home yet. You should. And now is the time to call the Oxford Gold Group. I've got my gold over here. I've got my gun safe over there, my gold and my silver over here. silver over here. This is how we roll in the Sexton household. So now is the time Oxford's who I've been working with for years. They'll help you get a good position for your portfolio. That makes sense for you. And it's so easy. Just call them today. Call the Oxford gold group, ask about bonus opportunities, by the way, that you may be eligible for too, and, and get some precious metals. Uh, look at what's going on with the economy. Get some precious metals. Now diversify, hedge your portfolio, prepare for an uncertain future. Oxford gold group, eight, three, three, four, zero, four 404 Gold. That's 833404 GOLD. All right, so you you tried to run Jackie in New York City uh, for the, for the council there. And how how is that by the way? Like are you shocked when you cuz you must be coming across the the democrat positions and everything cuz city council I feel like they have to fake people democrats have to fake people out at the state level. Not so much in New York and California, but, you know, they have to they have to sound not completely insane um, just because of the national level profile, those kinds of roles as well. But city council, I mean, you know, you go to a Democrat enclave. I remember the college I went to the town, the town council declared that it was a nuclear weapon free zone in the town. Like they actually passed a resolution like, you know, these people can be totally wacko. How wacko is the New York City Council? Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
0: The New York City Council is freaking wacko. I mean, it's ground (laughs) zero of wacko. Um, The good news for me when I was running is I knew nothing. I was never politically active before. Uh, I had no basis. It's not like I tried this a couple times and had any sort of clue. I went in guns blazing figuratively. Um, And I truly, it was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, I would encourage anyone who is sick of, of the policies and what's outside their front door, actually inside their front door to run. It's, beyond me why people look for others to lead them and you know even going back again to this rally all the people that were criticizing Gavin Watts at least he did something i mean people need to stop waiting to be told what to do you really need to be told by someone to take off a mask after 3 years you know uh you know people need to exhibit some sort of personal agency in their lives
1: are are you coming across democrat moms Who are red-pilled at this point? I mean, are you coming across Democrat moms who realize that they are casting votes and have been casting votes for their own kids, especially if they're boys, they're teenagers, to be more likely to get, you know, beaten with with a bottle on their way home by some lunatic, more likely that they themselves as women may be assaulted on the streets, more likely that there'll be some maniac relieving himself on their front door wherever they live in manhattan like this is what goes on in new york i mean i'm not you know everyone can just look at the headlines and look at the reality there are there democrat moms who are
0: being red pilled they're freaking attacking me they stop me on the street anyone that lives in my district that recognizes me from when i ran or that follows me on instagram they attack me i mean i'm i look i'm a republican i've always been a Republican Um, in my house. It was when we were growing up. Who is more Republican? We never had those awkward family dinners or anything like that. So I never thought it was weird to be a Republican, quite frankly. Um, That being said, I know my audience and Democrats seem to think that everyone is their audience. They always assume I'm one of them, you know, and I'm not one of them. But in any event, anytime I'm walking home from school or I'm going to pick up, drop off, and I run into someone, the first thing they say is, I can't believe I voted for this person. I don't even care which Republican is running, I'm voting for him or her. Uh, they are completely red pilled. I think there was the death knell of CRT, critical race theory, that really did it for them. Plenty of these parents were, believe it or not, okay masking. They were even okay vaxxing. It was really the CRT in schools. They just, they've had it. They've had it. And, of course, the crime.
1: How can you fix the schools, the public school system? I mean, to what we talked about before in New York City, you have all these people, and, and I know them, and you know them, we grew up around them who will defend the public school system like their life depends on it. And then you'll be like, where do your kids go to school? And they're like, well, I can send them to a a $60,000-a-year private school, obviously. Yeah. wait, why? You say the public school system is great, and you love teachers' unions, but your kids, you know, one of the great moments of hypocrisy, if you remember back to the the, uh, early in the Obama administration, was when then-President Obama... Uh, was was on board with cutting funding for DC charter schools. If you remember this. So all these kids I, I including a, a lot of minority yeah. kids who were doing phenomenally well in publicly funded schools just with a different approach and not as beholden to the teachers unions etc. um he was going to cut funding to them or you know he was favorable to I should say cutting funding to them and this was in the district of Columbia the you know so it's a federal federal protectorate. Uh, and his kids were going to Sidwell Friends or whatever, which at the time was $45,000 a year. And everybody looked at this they're like, yeah, this is, this is Democrats. This is what they do. It's absolutely true in New York City. So how do you fix the public school system?
0: I don't think you do fix the public school system unless you break up the teachers' unions. Uh, they are completely political animals. They donate 99.9% of the time to Democrats, uh, Democrat candidates or Democrat causes. They are they, they're a pack. I mean, they are a political entity and they need to be completely broken up. That's the only way you fix public school education. How, how you take strong, a I mean,
1: like, like even on the at the city council level, um, you know how how much of an influence? Uh, well, actually, a better question would be even for the mayor's race, for example. Could you be elected mayor of New York City if the teachers unions mobilize against you? I mean, realistically, is it possible?
0: I think it is possible. Um, So, you know, there are 51 members of city council creating this body, and they basically they have a lot of influence over the mayor. The mayor, like, for example, Mayor Giuliani, he knew how to rule the city council. Mayor Adams does not. And within the purview of city council is weighing in on all local agencies, such as the NYPD and the Department of Education. So city council has a big say in education and Mayor Adams is ultimately the one presiding over it. Um, again, this, this educational failure is his. He also installed one of the Banks brothers, uh, what is his name, David Banks, one of his longtime friends. It's a really weird, it's kind of like Tammany Hall. You have Philip Banks, who is the deputy mayor. Uh, It was like this newly created post for him. And then you have Philip, then you have Philip Banks's brother, David Banks, who is now head, he's the chancellor of education. And all three, the two Banks brothers and Eric Adams go way back. It's a very strange uh, relationship. Can I be saying this? Can I? I, Anyway, it's a it's a strange relationship. uh, And one of them is presiding over the educational situation that we have. And it's a disaster. So New York City taxpayers spend the most out of any person in the nation. Twenty eight thousand dollars per public school student annually. And the prize is being in the bottom half of the nation for reading and writing. That's what we get. Twenty
1: eight thousand dollars that's
0: that's before you take in any into consideration anything else uh special needs children it's much more uh but yeah
1: it's amazing because you, you think about what it let's call it 30 grand just to make it a round number yeah. if people could pick where they wanted to put their dollars of thirty thousand dollars a year for purely educational purposes for their kids what that would do to the system and and you know Uh, I've seen I don't know. Do you know Mike Cernovich? Really, really smart, interesting, interesting guy. You know, Mike, I mean, he's he's fiery, right? Like he'll say whatever's on his mind, but he has some very (laughs) interesting thoughts. You know, he tweeted out recently. Look at what we've done on meaning. The country has done on uh, constitutional and concealed carry issues, effectively expanding dramatically the ability of law. And and there was a time not long ago, 20 years ago, when that seemed crazy. Like, oh, my gosh, what do you mean? We're just lucky they're not taking all of our guns. Right. But the work is done at the local level. And I think that's what's so interesting. That's why one of the reasons I want to talk to you um, because you look at things like school choice. School choice that works locally in a a city in particular or even in one state provides a model for other places around the country. And this is what Ron DeSantis down in Florida is obviously trying to do with schools, well, with everything, which is provide a model of governance that other Republican states can follow. I know you can't do that Generally speaking, in New York, because of the political makeup, but it does feel like any room to experiment with the New York school system that just shows what works and shows how much the current system doesn't work could have uh, could have effect. Right. Other places look at it and say, see, which is why they hate. Obviously, it's why they hate charter schools and Harlem Success Academy comes under attack from the left, which is insane.
0: Uh, I'll tell you the truth, though. Um, There's a big issue that no one wants to discuss regarding school choice. Uh, specifically here in New York city. And that is that private schools have lost their independence. Uh, You have big government, you now have big education. The truth of the matter is many of these private schools, if you go onto their website, they have opted into accreditation. And what that means is that they are beholden to public school rules. Hmm. So when we talk about school choice, we really need to understand that this shouldn't be a Republican talking point. Uh, there actually has to be a choice, and quite frankly, here in New York City, there is no choice. Moms, here are the choices for you: you can go to public school, or you can spend fifty to sixty thousand on a private school and have it act like a public school.
1: Well, one thing that I do know is that even my own uh, my own grammar school, which I I won't name, but uh, people could figure out pretty easily. Uh, I, I talked to people recently about it because I got a tour of it and they've spent, I, I walked past the school. This is actually kind of funny. I walked past the school during COVID just randomly. I was up on the Upper East Side visiting, visiting a friend and, uh, and my science teacher from when I was a kid just happened. She still teaches there. So we're going back like oh, 30 years or it. something <laughs> now, still teaches there. And she, which is crazy. When I think about it, she says like, Oh, you've got to see this because you gave me this whole tour. And it's amazing what they've done. I mean, they have spent tens of millions of dollars. I mean, I remember we played basketball in the lunchroom where we also had our school play. I'm not kidding. We had one room that was for our gymnasium. They'd roll tables out for our lunch. And now they've got like an amphitheater. It looks like something out of Harvard. I mean, it's just crazy and i was like wow this would be amazing and i was like well you know i didn't you know the bankroll would have to be pretty big to be able to send my son here one day but i thought about it and i talked to somebody who has a kid there she's like yeah. she's like it's communist now woke dei trans agenda i'm like trans agenda communist stuff it's 60k a year yep for grammar school
0: this is really this is the crux of it when people discuss school choice there has to be a choice and right now they're Unfortunately, there really isn't a choice. Also, a lot of the schools are, the private schools are looking to unionize. That will be it. That will be the death knell to the private schools.
1: I hadn't even heard, I hadn't even heard that, really. Yeah. That's
0: Yeah. Little, oh, I shouldn't, I'm not going to name them, but there are quite a few.
1: You know, I, I just, I have to ask, I mean, this. Is, I was going to say, can we close on a, on a hopeful note here, Jackie? I don't know if that's really possible today, given what's going on with the country, but what keeps you there? You know, I mean, cause, cause I used to, I used to talk, I was a, I'm going to be here when the last skyscraper crumbles and, and the, and the, you know, the, the hammer and sickle is flying over central park. Like I'm going to be here. Damn it. I'm not. And then eventually during COVID, I was just like you, the people, not the administration. I was like the people that live here and vote here in Manhattan, not Staten Island, not, you know, Nassau County in Manhattan are too crazy. I can't do this anymore. I'm out. I haven't regretted it one day since. Are you thinking about it? Or are you there? Are you actually in it to win it till the end?
0: I'm not. I'm not ceding New York City.
1: Wow. Look at that. I'm
0: not. No, I'm not. I'm not
1: going to abandon it. I'm not. To the, uh, to I the think communists. we can
0: win it back. I really do. I think we can win it back. And why should we give it to them? It's I not know. theirs. I it's mean, so why should awesome. we give it to them?
1: I love it so much. Like, that's the thing. I love New York so much. And I just. I love it. You know, it makes me so sad that that they've done this to that city. And the people who say, oh, it's really not that bad and all this other stuff. No, it really is, actually. Especially when you understand. When you've lived in another place and you see what your tax rate is. Texas, Florida, Tennessee, Nevada, you know, a bunch of them. And then you realize that not only are you going through this stuff in New York City and paying incredibly high cost of living, the highest cost of living really in the country, you are paying the city government for the privilege of being there, and the state government for for them to basically spit in your face and act like maniacs and you know suck at everything. I don't know what else to say. Like it's too much. But you're you're not you're We're not gonna. Uh, you are a yeah. honey badger in New York City. You just don't <laughs> give a what. You are not going to abandon it, and I respect no. that so much. Jackie, where can people go to follow you on social and uh, look at what you're up to on uh, with the the columns, etc.
0: Yeah. Firstly, thank you so much. I really had fun. Uh, you can go to Instagram at Jacqueline for NYC. That's J A C Q U E L I N E F O R N Y C. Same thing for my website. On Twitter, I'm at J A C Q U E T N Y. I wrote it down. What did I write down? I think it's N Y. Something like that on Twitter. And uh, you can follow me on Human Events, The Manhattan Dot Press, and that's right. it.
1: And when your book comes out, come and come and uh, talk uh, about the book on the show. So uh, we're we're excited for you on that one. That's great. Save New York City. Let me know how that goes. All right. Jackie. Thank you so much. Great to have you.
0: More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from the Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael.